0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. There's a lot of uh, the Christian life where Christians are walking around, and I'm convinced of this, I, I have, I've been this person many times. We're walking around trying to serve God, and we'll, can, we can be in the middle of a church service, we can be trying to teach a class, we can be on our way to the next whatever's taking place at church, we can be on our way home, we could be going to work after having had our devotions at the house, <clears throat> and yet in the back of our minds is this real big question mark about where I'm at in my Christian life and. What is God doing at this time in my life? And some things just don't seem to be real clear at the moment. I've been there many times. I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be, but <clears throat> this portion of my life just has a huge question mark around it. And I'm, I'm looking at our passage tonight, In this past week, I was doing some more of my devotions and was reading this, and um, I'm going to take an emphasis from another little section in this text than what the Lord is trying to necessarily say to us. There's a side principle that really God spoke to my heart with, and I believe it can be an encouragement possibly and a help to us. I'll just will title the message tonight, Doing What's Right When We Don't Understand, because there's a lot of times we just don't understand. And yet God says, I want you, here's here's what you need to understand. You need to take the next step, and then the next step, and then the next step, and just keep going, because in the background where godly things are taking place, there's a divine plan at work here, and I'm working some big things in your life, and while it's a question mark to to you, it's very clear to God. Uh, So doing what's right when we just don't seem to understand. John chapter 13, if you'll open your Bibles there tonight, John chapter 13, we'll read the story, you'll be very familiar with it, it'll sound very common, I've always been humbled by this story, the great humility that the Lord shows to us here, God doing what he does here, and I, I've often thought, uh, you know, how he could do what he does with us, and, and the kindness and compassion that is shown to people like us, and yet he does, and I, I love the story, and I was just kind of trying to get through the story and get to the end of it, because I just love the lesson that Jesus taught, and right in the middle of the lesson is, um, is another lesson that the Lord gave me, really spoke to my heart with, and helped me, and challenged me and encouraged me a bit. Hopefully it can do uh, much the same, possibly, with you here tonight. In John 13, let's start in the first verse, and we'll work our way down through about verse 17. It's a long chapter. We'll just read down to 17. But in verse 1, notice how the story begins to build. Now, it's interesting, just, just purely interesting. God takes two or three verses here and just sets up a backdrop for us And when I say he sets up a backdrop, he lets you know what's going on in the life of of Christ and the disciples at this time. And it might carry a little bit more of meaning to you when you look at how the Lord just takes a minute to set up the the scenery behind what we're going to talk about. So here we go in verse 1. Now, here's one of those little details. Before the feast of the Passover, you understand that's a picture of Christ giving his life shedding his blood, and so on. Now, before the feast of the Passover, it was very near, uh, when Jesus knew that his, his hour was come that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end, and supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, See all these little details? Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands and that He was come from God and went to God, then He begins the story. That was all background information. God doesn't do things haphazardly. There's a reason He told us all those things. You have to understand what must be going through the heart and the mind of Jesus Himself with Calvary so near and that symbolic Passover that they're about to celebrate, He knowing that He is that ultimate Passover for us. It's His blood that will cause the death um, angel to pass over us and will will let us stand before God perfect and complete. All those background thoughts in mind, then He starts by saying in verse 4, "...He riseth from supper, and laid aside His garments, and took a towel, and girded Himself." After that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Realizing the serious nature of that, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is every whit." Um, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, ye are not all clean, speaking about Judas. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. So if I then be your Lord and Master, have um, washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. And let's pray there. Thank you, Lord, letting us be here again tonight. We just are asking you to open our hearts and help us to see the truths that are demonstrated here in the Word of God. Jesus, thank you for your willingness to show the greatest example of humility and to demonstrate your servant-like heart and attitude and your love to us. I would just ask you, Lord, to speak to us here tonight about some principles that we found in your word. Be a blessing to us, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, it's chili season now. I don't mean it's chili outside, but I think a couple of times now already we've had chili at the house, and I love my wife's chili. It is, it is uh, it's so good. Now, it tasted really different the other day, and I just kind of asked her, because this question can sound like I'm not thankful. But this is not what this question means. I said, uh, this is really good. I said, but it tastes a little different. What'd you do differently? Now, sometimes that means I really don't like this, and I want to know what you did wrong. That's what somebody at my house thinks that sounds like sometimes. But that is not the case. I'm saying that behind a pulpit now. It's got to be real. Um, and so I just asked, you know, what what's different about this chili? And, and uh, oh, it was... Um, was that when we put the turkey meat in that, or was that the spaghetti sauce? Okay, I don't like that look you're giving me. Anyway, it was a great chilly night, and we had a great evening, and we just moved right on, yep, which reminded me of um, the time my sister, and I've told you about her, she's uh, my twin sister, mom made great chili as well, and uh, mom would put all the chili on, and it would just simmer all day long, and it would... R- waft through the house, and you'd smell that, and man, you wanted just to get a big old bowl of that right now and start eating mom's chili. Well, my sister wanted to know how it tasted, and so it was simmering. You know what simmering means? It's just right at the point of boiling, and um, so she went and got a straw out of the drawer, and she thought, I'll I'll just get a quick little taste of this chili, and just (laughs) up. (laughs) Have you ever been in front of Anybody and took a big bite of boiling hot soup, and you didn't care if it was a king in front of you. Blah, 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 blah. you just spit that back out on the bowl. Your tongue is one big fat blister, and and so my poor little sister. I mean, um, the straw just all but melted, you know. And then her her mouth was burning, and and she had yep, she had big blisters. And can I just say, how many of you know she would have been better off waiting till later on? to learn how it tasted later. Yeah, she would have been smarter, and um, it would have been a a lot better. Just wait just a little bit longer. Another hour, it would be on the table. It could sit in the bowl. It could cool off. You could taste that, and then you'd realize that the time waited was worthy time that we put into that. When we looked into verse 1 there, guys, um, we saw that Christ is ready here, Uh, for his crucifixion and he has a very valuable lesson for his disciples to be able to learn Uh, the bible said he loved them to the end and even this lesson that we see here tonight girding of the towel around about him was was uh this lesson was an act of his love to his disciples and there was a tremendous lesson to be learned in that Um, there are several lessons god has a full circle of reasons for what he does and there's a a full, a full circle of ideas that God is at work on. He's not always just dealing with one thing at a time. It's like a ripple effect of things all around us that when God does something, many things are taking place at that time. And you're going to find that in the life of Peter here. Uh, lessons for the Christian, not just a lesson in servanthood and being willing to, to bow before uh, your, your fellow church member or a fellow Christian, uh, which is, is an obvious lesson to be learned from what we've read here tonight, but um, there's, there's other things that can be learned, uh, for instance, in the life of Peter. So first of all tonight, Christ begins his great lesson on, on humble servanthood. Look there with me again in verses 4 and 5, where it tells us that he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments, and he took a towel and girded Himself, um, after they, that he poureth water into a basin uh, and begin to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. All right, so Christ begins his great lesson on his on humble servanthood. So what Jesus does, he removes his upper garments, and what they would do in that day, if you were a servant, they would have this large linen-like cloth. That they would then gird around themselves, and they would take the excess of that on that linen towel, so to speak, and they would go up with this pan of water, and they would kneel down to guests that were coming in, and would have them seated at some in some way, and then they would dip their feet in the water, and they would begin to wash that person's feet from the long day's journey, the dirt that had gotten on somebody's feet as they had been traveling. Uh, number one uh, a foot massage uh, feels pretty good Uh, somehow in my marriage I thought when I got married that uh, that would probably be at least a weekly thing that would happen but um, yeah there's a lot of misperceptions about uh, different things in life amen but uh, to get your feet washed and to, to to uh to dry them off with a towel I mean that was an act of great humility and total submission to the person that you were, were uh, bowing down to. I have told you guys that I can still remember as a, a little boy, my dad and mom went to a church in Jacksonburg, Ohio, and, um, and I forget, uh, we had a relative that was pastoring that church, and, and they took this passage literally, literally, And uh, I can still see dad after we had gotten home from the morning service and uh, we had come home and we'd eaten the uh, dinner at at our house. Then dad got up, he washed up, and then he went and got this big uh, metal dish pan. And uh, I saw him tuck it under his arm and I saw him kiss mom goodbye. And I said, dad, where are you going? Because it wasn't church time to go back to church that night yet. And he said, well, bub, we're going back to the church for a foot washing. Now being a little boy. I mean, honestly, with all my heart, I'm like, Dad, didn't we take our baths last night? I mean, seriously, I'm thinking that, and he's like, yeah, bub, we did that, but we're doing this at our church because we, uh, we love one another, and we're, we're willing to, and he, I remember him trying to explain it to a little five- or six-year-old boy, and uh, said, okay, and that was, that was fine with me, but, and, and I don't think there would be anything wrong with practicing that necessarily, but it wasn't so much that God wanted us to literally wash one another's feet in the water, uh, the idea was to show great humility, servanthood, a willingness to understand that we're esteeming other better than ourselves, to demonstrate a spirit of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, of course, was saying, "If I, being your master, am willing to do this for you, how much more should you be willing to do that one for another?" Great, great lesson that he's uh, that he's bringing out here tonight. All right. So, so Christ takes off this, this robe and he lays it off to the side to be able to take up this, this towel, if I could put it this way, to be able to wash the disciples' feet. And it's a, I believe it's like a beautiful picture of Christ being willing to take off this robe of royalty that he had when he left heaven and lay it off to the side, and then to, to watch Jesus Christ be willing to take up this robe of servanthood, to be willing to come down to this earth, and to be willing to serve you and me. It's just an amazing thought when I stop and think about all that Jesus was willing to do for us. We already read earlier, um, months ago in Matthew 20, in verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give His life a ransom for many. I I wish we could live our lives that way, and I wish that could be you know, an attitude that would just burn in every one of us when we would come to the church services that we didn't come here for people to do things for us. But I come to the house of God to see what I can do for somebody else. If there's some way that I can be a blessing to you, if there's something that I find out there's a need in your life, then I don't need to wait for you to make me feel better about who I am and about my needs getting met And how many of us have needs here tonight? Just be honest about it. Every one of us could raise our hands. But it's amazing how you find your needs being met when you lay aside your royalty and pick up a a towel of servanthood and determine, I'd like to try to be a blessing to you. Matter of fact, guys, tonight, before you leave, why don't you search out and see if you can't be a blessing and a help to somebody. And maybe if it can't happen here this week, Maybe uh, or tonight, maybe this week, you could ask somebody, is there something I can do for you this week? And I've had numbers of you guys saying to me, Pastor, is there anything we can do for you guys? We know you're probably going to be busy and trying to get things ready over the next several months. And I mean, that means so much that people are willing to try to be a blessing. And sometimes to do that, you've got to set your own needs aside. You don't need to be lifted up and elevated and be the one. I mean, He was God. He was master, and he said, you guys, you call me master, and you do, you're doing it right. There's nothing wrong with you saying that, but he said, do you understand if I'm willing to lay aside my royalty and take up a towel and wash your feet, how much more should you be willing to do that one for another? Seriously. Knowing all the dirt that's in others' lives, knowing the wrongs that we all commit, and how we offend one another... still Jesus was willing to do that. Judas, being in the picture here, still willing to wash his feet. And I'm just saying tonight, how much more should we be willing to follow that example? And he begins this great lesson on humble servanthood, all right? So next thing I see happening here is God exposes uh, to us the misunderstanding that many Christians have as we are trying to grow in the Lord. All of us are at one stage or another in your growth in Christ. Some are stronger than others, uh, and others may be a little weaker than others. Uh, it's always the case. Some have not been saved as long as others, and and uh, the 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 idea is not that you have to have the greatest growth in the congregation, but the idea is that you are in a continual state of growing, and that I've not stagnated, and I've not Gone backwards in what God would want me to do in my Christian life. So I'm trying and I'm striving to try to grow in the Lord. But at different times in our life, there are many misunderstandings that will come to us. And it doesn't matter at what level of growth you're at. If you've just been saved for a week or you've been saved for 50 years, we're all at different stages. And at different times, they are going to come to a place where you don't understand what God is trying to do in your life. Look in verse 6 again there, if you will. Uh, in verse 6, then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Are you about to wash my feet? Do you really intend to wash my stinking feet? I mean, so here's, here's the deal with Peter. Peter demonstrates very clearly that he does not understand what Christ is doing. It's very obvious that what Jesus is about to do and Peter is sitting here and here's the Lord going to wash his feet servants wash people's feet not the God of heaven who's come down to represent himself as the Messiah on earth you don't wash my feet if if anything let me wash yours i'm sure that's what is going through his mind and at this point in his life Peter is he's come to this place of understanding that Jesus is the son of God his respect for Christ Uh, deity has grown immensely he loves the lord dearly but guys he had much yet to learn a whole lot yet to learn and there are some lessons in this life that just requires us to be still and just know that he is god that's kind of what jesus was wanting peter to do i know you don't get this just sit still and let me carry this picture out and if christ doesn't do this if he doesn't do this demonstration of humility, that tremendous contrast of the highest God serving lowly man would not have been set. And they would not have been able to see with that stark contrast that Christ presented between God and man, how much more should I be the kind of a man that was willing to do what the God of heaven did for me. Uh, And if Peter had like Pulled his feet up, said, "No way, you're not going to wash my feet." Peter just didn't know the whole picture at the time. There were things that were not clear to him, and it was obvious he was kind of balking and uh, interrupting the plan of God, so to speak, as he moved along. So, Jesus begins the lesson of obedience over understanding. How much more important it is to be obedient? Are you getting this? Than it is that you understand. God would rather have somebody that just lives in obedience to Him, even when I don't get it, and it doesn't make sense to me. And I don't know why God is doing something like this. God is looking for somebody when we are clueless. And that happens quite often in my week. And I still go on serve serving, and I do what I do know is right to do. I go ahead and do what the revealed will of God is for me. Those things that are are not obscure and blurry, those things that are crystal clear, I walk ahead and do those things while I hold question marks over my mind. God is looking for the Christian to just be obedient, whether you understand it or not. You know, if Jesus had only commanded them, you know, you guys, you just... If he had just said, you guys just humbly serve each other, and if he had just given that verbal command, it would have not had that, I don't believe it would have had that tremendous of an impact that you would have seen if the Messiah served common man and then saw the example lived out in front of you. Uh, Back home where I was raised in Ohio, all of us five kids had a job to do. And when on Saturday mornings, when we finished eating breakfast, and we always had—I'm not kidding—every Saturday morning, uh, fried eggs, um, some kind of—it's usually bacon, uh, homemade biscuits, homemade syrup, yeah, and a uh, bunch of jelly and jams and and all that. And then we'd go <laughs> sit on the couch and and. Um, be hypoglycemic for a couple hours, but um, but my job after that was everybody had a job. The girls had the kitchen. Uh, somebody else had the living room, and so on. I got another room in the house. I got the bathroom. How do I always get the bathroom? That was my to- that was my job. Yay! And you know when you're cleaning that one chair in there. Um, and, and, and just the top was not good enough. My mom or my dad would come in and say, did you get, the, did you get behind there? I'm like, kind of. Well, show me. And I just kind of went like that. So, no, you get down on your hands and knees. You know, you, gotta have to, you just almost have to hug those things if you're going to reach around behind those things and, and get that job done. And so you really make sure the top of it's really good and clean about that time and the sides. And you learn how to do some pretty nasty things. And and clean and scrub the floor and, and I got the sink and the back side of the faucet and the underside of the faucet and, and they really they really made sure that I got the job done right. Now I will tell you this, if I had gone in there and I had seen uh, my dad that had gone into the, the, the bathroom where my job was to be performed and clean it all up and there's my dad. If I'd seen my dad in there on his hands and knees and scrubbing and working around and and, uh, you know, doing the job that I would normally do and hugging the toilet. and uh, You can hit the pause button on some of these things, but scrubbing under the sink and behind it and all that. And if I'd have walked in there and I said, Dad, what are you doing? If my dad would have said to me, Bub, I, just, I, wanted, to, I wanted to do your job for you today. Now, I love my dad. And I know some of you might say, Maybe just slip out of the bathroom and just say, Yoo-hoo! Amen! But I would not have felt that way with my dad. I had such a high regard and a respect for my dad that would have humbled me so much. And if my dad would have looked at me and said, "Now, Now, bub, this is the way I want you to be toward your sisters. That would have had a greater impact on my life than if my dad would have just come to me after breakfast, syrup still dripping down my face, said, now, Bub, I want you to love your sisters today and be good to them now. And you take care of them and help them out. Wherever they can use some help, you help them out. Okay, Dad. But when I saw what my dad would do, and if he did the job that I would normally, the dirty, filthy job that I would normally do, gladly doing that for me, and then to hear him say, now, I want you to do that for your, your sisters. Tremendous impact. It would have done tremendous things for me to see my dad doing that for me um so jesus also let peter know here that he knew there were some things in his life that he was very obviously blinded to back up there in verse uh six again chapter 13 verse six then cometh he to simon peter and um, and peter saith unto him lord dost thou wash my feet look in verse seven um Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now. Just pause there. Just let him know. I know, Peter, there's something going on in your life right now at this very moment. It makes no sense to you. You don't have answers for it. Uh, It's a question mark to you. You don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And you're questioning things in life. And it doesn't look right to you. What I do thou knowest not Now, I mean, can we all readily admit that there are just some things that Christ allows to happen in our life that we just don't always have an understanding at all what he was or what he is doing, maybe even right now? Could anybody else say amen to that? I know I'm not the only one to that. There's just times that things are going on. It doesn't make sense to me. And I don't know why God is allowing certain things to happen or why He is doing certain things to me in my life. It doesn't make one bit of sense. Matter of fact, just like Peter, it just seems downright wrong. There have just been some things that God allowed to go on in my life that sincerely made me question what God was doing. Peter did. Lord, what are you doing You want to wash my feet? And Jesus said, Peter, I understand you don't get this right now. And like Peter, it just seems like Jesus had everything backwards. You're not supposed to wash my feet. We ought to, of all people, we ought to be washing yours now. Let me put it this way. To Peter, things were backwards at that time. This is not the way things are supposed to be happening. And I know there have been times in my life things have been exactly the opposite of the way they should have been, I thought. And I thought if God was really at work in my life, and if godly principles were really taking place, then these things would flip-flop. They'd turn around and they would not be happening to me the way they're happening right now. I have been there. It seemed like uh, something Peter ought to be doing, not Jesus. And isn't it just like the Lord to know that there are times, guys, when our hands do not need to be involved in His work that there's just times when it's all about his hands and not mine. Seems like I ought to be the one doing this, Lord. Why are you doing what you're doing? And then just to relate to that, there's times I don't understand why he's doing what he's doing. So now, Christ just drops in this, what I would call just a real valuable lesson here tonight. Now, look at verse 7 one more time, and especially the, the backside of it. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And later on he begins to explain and gives a a more detailed explanation, and things begin to clear up, but it didn't make a bit of sense to him right at the moment. Peter, he says, "I, I know this doesn't make any sense to you right now, but I promise you it's going to make a whole lot of sense later. And again, there are just some things that you will just need to obey because of who God is, not because it makes sense to you right now. Lots of times I've not understood why I'm going through what I'm going through in my life and why the details were the way they were. I'll just be honest with you um, and be very transparent. I was not working to try to get a man to come here and be the next pastor now I thought maybe later I thought the best thing would be for a young man to come in and work with us as an assistant pastor and you know later on I don't know how much later down the road after you guys learned this person and and understood them and maybe kind of grew to love them a little bit I thought well maybe you know a year or two down the road I could introduce him as hey what do you think about maybe your next pastor here it was not my plan or my idea that uh, we would bring him up as the next pastor but it was God's plan and I will tell you it seems backwards to me it doesn't seem like it's what would be my plan and if God would just let me put my fingerprints all over this I would turn this thing around but that's not God's plan and I understand with all my heart I believe this That Jesus is just saying, you know what, Philip, you know, Eastside Baptist, would you just sit still? Let me do a work here. Let me work my plan, and I know it seems all backwards to you. I know it seems like you ought to be trying to develop the plan and work it a little differently. That's not what I want. There's a real valuable lesson for you if we can just be still and, and let me show my hand in this. It can be so hard at times to not lean to your own understanding. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And, and like the proverb says, lean not to thine own understanding. Although I acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths. But guys, for some things, our only motivation for obedience has to be simply because he is worthy and he is right all the time. And at times like this, we have to, to remember that He's omniscient. And He knows what we cannot know. He is the one doing the driving, and He doesn't have to come to me and explain why we're taking all these detours, which are not detours whatsoever. They're the divine plan and the direction God intended all along. I would plaster a sign up that says, detour. God would say, master plan. And God says there's just going to be some times, I can't explain everything to you right now. It'll be very clear for you down the road. And when you get down and around the corner and back on what you think is on track, it'll make perfect sense for you. But for right now, I just need you to let me work. His ways are not our ways. There's a reason they are past our finding out. But in the meantime, we just need to patiently and lovingly serve Him till the fog clears up and it all makes perfect sense to us matter of fact if it never makes sense to us we just need to patiently and lovingly serve him knowing that God is working a plan and that I will be the better for it for Peter this involved just sitting still no, Peter, I don't want you getting up. No, no, Peter. No, I know what you're thinking. I, let me do the, the, the washing right now. That's what you want to do, right, Peter? You're going to blow this plan, though, when you do that. I don't want a picture of servants and servants. I want a picture of God washing the feet of common man. I want to do a plan here, Peter. Sit still. One of the hardest things to do. Is to sit still while God does a divine work in the heart of a common man. He didn't want Peter to move. He didn't want Peter to go into action. All he wanted Peter to do was to sit still and allow Christ to do a work on him. And what we need to understand, guys, please understand this. What we've got to get and understand is that while Christ was washing Peter's feet, he was really carving away at his heart. You say, well, he's washing the dirt from his feet, and he did. But there was a much greater work than that taking place in Peter's heart. God was doing a divine work in the heart of Peter. And while Christ was removing the dirt from his feet, he was forming a forgiving spirit in Peter to be willing to forgive the filth that's in the walk of other people. And we ought also, in view of this, to submit ourselves to him, to be quiet when we want to complain And to believe that God does all things well. One of the strongest evidences that we are growing in the Lord is when we're willing to suffer at the hands of Christ and we have no idea what His plan is but we're just satisfied with knowing that later we may learn why or we may never know this side of heaven why but we're content with knowing that He is always right, and I don't know if even here tonight, if there are some of us that have these huge question marks in your life tonight. I don't know. I think it's very possible, but maybe it would be just good to go to God and tell the Lord, God, it's okay if you, it, it, that I don't understand. It's okay but I could sure use your grace just to keep on doing what is the right thing to do while I don't understand because I know the one that does understand and I know he's going to work a great plan and I don't have to worry about me jumping in there and, and just, oh no, I, I, I've got to straighten this out and I'm not saying there's not times where human uh, work needs to take place and, and where our responsibilities, of course, of course, We need to be responsible people, of course. But guys, when it comes to a place where you're standing there going, I just, now, I don't know what to do. Please be content with knowing that he does and he is working a tremendous plan. Sit still and let God work in your heart. And and again, nothing wrong with just coming and saying, God, I could use your grace for that. Just help me to be faithful. Amen.